Hey, new improved ballpark intro that might be just a hair too long. <laughs> maybe the other one was a hair too short. Anyway, I'm Damien. I'm Kara. And welcome to Bubble Bath. Bubble Bath. 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 We almost had it again. I swear, I, almost. It's always almost. <laughs> people are so tired of hearing us talk about how close we get. They're like... Get over it. <laughs> they think they get close every time and it's never close. <laughs> it's never close. So anyway, today on the episode we have Wendy Dalrymple. She's an indie writer. She's wrote horror books like Roser Park. Um, they came from the sea, which I'm or from the water, which I'm really looking forward to reading. White Ibis, which was great. And then there's new cover for that, which is phenomenal. I love she it. Romance stuff like I Love You S'more which I just absolutely have to read because that's just an adorable title. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I really blew the intro this time. (laughs) I need to start doing those intros because I blow it every time. (laughs) I think we need to create like a like a card and you just just like change out the name and the like the book titles and then just read the same thing every single time. <laughs> that's what I try to that's what I try to do, but then when I'm on the spot trying to do it, I'm like, wait, did I just say the did I just say that title completely wrong? And it can be like my favorite book of all time and I'm like, uh Clive Barker's secret and sort of not heard of show. Like I'll just blow it. <laughs> It's always so weird, like, the first couple of minutes when we start. And, like, today, Damien and I are both so groggy, and we woke up too late, and we, like, before we started recording, we were just like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, like, barely talking to each other, like, yep. And then it <laughs> so didn't help us. us, like, something blew up by your house, I guess. Oh, yeah, there was, like, a huge car accident, like, right as I was joining the recording, I was told Damien, I was like, you missed it by, like, 10 seconds, it was super loud, so hopefully everyone's okay. <laughs> I didn't go check, because I was like, nope, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, so... Should we just dive into some questions then while we wake up or try to? Sure. Or we could have Wendy tell us about the skunk ape for a while. Oh, the skunk ape. Well, I sent you my skunk ape story. Not one of my best ones, but one of my first attempts at writing a horror short story. Um, we're not supposed to be talking about writing, but I am anyway. Um, but we, break yeah, so. we break that rule every time. All the time. I know. Um, yeah. So uh, my dad is a big skunk ape fan, actually. He's the one that's into Bigfoots and skunk apes. And, you know, we live in Florida, so that's what we have down here. Um, and he used to paint billboards um, by the Everglades off of the um, Alligator Alley back in the early 80s. And so he would always get a little creeped out and wonder if the, the skunk ape was lingering in there. So that's kind of what I wrote my story about. I like love for it. starters, what a cool thing like to say that you do. <laughs> like that whole right? entire sentence describing what he did was just it just kept getting better and better and better. <laughs> when she when she told me about it in a message, I was just like, wait, this is the coolest thing that I think I've ever heard. <laughs> well, and like painted billboards are such a lost art. Like they're so uh, they're they're kind of ugly nowadays. Um, and so he used to. My dad's a really excellent artists and so i just kind of wish that he had taken some pictures of the ones that he did back then yeah oh, that's yeah, too sure, have been great His back art- when people were just living in the moment huh right. <laughs> Not a nowadays you you take a picture of it immediately put it up on social media you know you start like the whole process you put it on tiktok from beginning to end <laughs> yeah but yeah as far as um bigfoot lore skunk ape lore I think it's fun, but um, my dad's really the enthusiast. I think there's actually even a skunk ape museum down in the Everglades that he visited recently. Oh, man. I've got to go. I went to a Bigfoot museum not long ago, and it was incredible. Yeah. It was so good. I know Damien's probably going to be mad at me for asking this question, but what exactly is a skunk ape? I'm not, like, well up to date on cryptids. I'm slowly learning through Damien, so that one is one I absolutely have no idea about. It's the, the swampy cousin of the Bigfoot, much like the Yeti is the, the you know, the snow mountain version oh, of the okay. Bigfoot. That's what swamp ape, swamp ape is. And, um, but he, and he's got a really bad odor. He's like, he smells swampier than, you know, Bigfoot. I'll have so, to I guess that's picture. where skunk comes in, huh? <laughs> right. 
I have a um I listen I have I don't have anything. I listen except for depression and low self-esteem. Da-da-da-da. Anyway, I listen to this podcast called Bigfoot Collectors Club and um Bryce Johnson, he's actually the lead in Willow Creek, which we talked about Wendy. He oh, right. um they do this thing where they play bullshit or believe it and they have Skunk Ape in the list and every time a guest is like, I don't know what the Skunk Ape is. They play this game where Bryce Johnson has like a minute to convince the guest of Skunk Ape, which I stole our a- I stole for our Alien segment, which may or may not be a thing anymore after Kit broke it yesterday. <laughs> but it's always so good because like he started off telling like the story like, yeah, there's this little old lady in Florida. She writes a, ma- a letter and she says, "Hey, is somebody lost an orangutan out here?" And she he used to do all the voices, and he would get real in depth. And now, like people like will say, "What's the skunk ape?" And they'll give him a minute, and he'll just say, "The skunk ape is Florida's Bigfoot. Nothing more, nothing less." <laughs> it's like he doesn't care anymore. That's funny. Yeah, I just googled some pictures, and okay, I definitely see the relation. <laughs> oh, is, did you find the one where it's like? He's like, it looks like he's standing up. Um, there was quite a few. Like there were even like, it looks like some people like even have like, um, like statues of him, like wearing clothing, like outside of their businesses. Wow. Um, I see like pictures where people are claiming that it's the skunk ape. I've seen like drawings, but yeah, very hairy, looks smelly. Would not want to come across that guy. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's... Original Florida man. That's that's that. <laughs> Florida man. <laughs> it's such a good story. Like the old lady's like, I tried to take a picture, and when I took a picture, this thing was seven feet tall. My grandkids <laughs> could get hurt. Yeah, that would scare me to come across. Like, I I don't like like animals that walk on their hind legs like that. So that would just, especially like. I was telling Damien, I don't like, like, monkeys. Like, they're very human-like, you know? They're able to move their fingers and stuff. Like, they have a lot of human qualities, and it just absolutely freaks me out because it's like, you know, I I think it's like how they say, like, the human brain is afraid of of things that appear human, but they're not. Like, you know, like like, um, those AI, like, robots and stuff. It's, like, unsettling. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about monkeys. Well, like, um... I grew up watching Harry and the Hendersons. I don't know if you've seen that one, either oh, yeah. of you. Oh, yeah. Um, so Bigfoot, to me, growing up, was never a scary thing. It was always like a friendly, you know, it's, it was like, it's like a cartoon, yeah. I guess. So. Oh, uh, yeah. I've I've always thought, like, I've never really been afraid of Bigfoot. Maybe because of that same reason. Yeah. I might just be subconscious, like. And I've just always, I've always just thought, like, he's probably just a. Just a big fun guy to be around. <laughs> and I'm over here like he has thumbs. <laughs> no, yes. it's not right. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get into our first question because we have quite a few. So uh, Maddie's Needful Reads asked, where are you from originally and what's your favorite breakfast food? Oh, yay, Maddie. Maddie's one of my favorite readers. Um, So I'm originally from North Fort Myers, Florida, which is a couple hours south from where I live now in Tampa Bay. Um, Fort Myers is like a a really used to be a small town, but it's kind of growing recently. And um, we don't have a lot of claim to fame down there. But uh, I I write a lot of my stories setting set there and in that area. It's um. Very flat, very swampy area with the palmetto scrub bush brush, and um, it's it's a big influence on my my writing, my my style of writing, and that whole landscape down there, and just the oppressive heat and kind of loneliness that uh, the area um, I think plays a lot into my writing. But oh, and my favorite breakfast food is waffles. Oh, waffles are so good. I love I do, waffles. I do love a waffle. I do. Okay, like, people always do the thing where, like, pancakes or waffles. And I'm always saying waffles because I like the butter getting in the little squares. Yeah, yeah. But then people uh-huh. try to bring French toast into it. And I'm like, no, that's completely different. That is yeah, different. that is different. Because French toast, we, that's the first time we've done that in weeks. I, You know what? How dare you interrupt me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm more of a pancake person, but I will never turn down a waffle either or French toast for that matter. 
You know what? Pancakes are easier to make and a little more accessible. Like I have a waffle iron. I could make waffles, but I make pancakes more often because they're just easier. Yeah, you just put them in a pan. But maybe that's what makes waffles a little more of a of a special thing, a delicacy, if you will. I just I just I like the frozen egos are like the oh man yes Mm -hmm. grew up on those. It's just like a little. It's just a little treat. Just a little treat for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I always have a freezer full of those. I think recently I went to Costco and I got a box and there was like seventy two inside. You should have seen me trying to stuff. 72 waffles in my freezer because the box didn't fit oh, <laughs> you open it it was just free like, it was just waffles waffles were like falling out at one point i was like oh my god <laughs> i just like i've gotten in this real bad habit of i'll eat those for lunch before i go to work and i'll just eat like two because my toaster only fits two so i'll eat two waffles while i'm watching tiktok and stand it in the kitchen and then i'll just like eat two more eat two more and then the next thing you know I've ate like eight waffles and I feel gross because there's so much syrup and like butter and bread in my belly that I'm just like I like to um, toast them and then just put butter and cinnamon and sugar oh that's good and then also stand in my kitchen and watch TikTok (laughs) (laughs) TikTok is the biggest like I don't want to say waste of time because that's hateful to TikTok and I would never, I'm not the type. Like <laughs> it's so like time consuming that you'll just start watching it. And the next thing you know, an hour's pass and you're like, Oh yeah, oh, it definitely sucks you in for sure. I have to say though, some of the funniest stuff I've seen in the last few months has been on TikTok. Like I haven't like, there's nothing, I feel like there's very little original stuff maybe because of COVID like comedy wise on like, like streaming and like what the individual people like us can do and put out on TikTok without or like for no cost to them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like truly funny. I don't know. I always like to go to the comments. Oh if yeah. You see a funny video, go to the comments and I guarantee you it's even funnier than the video is. I don't know where these people come from, but the stuff they say is hilarious. Brie had a comment blow up. It's a, it was like 15k likes or something, yeah. and it was on like these these two people that were like, I don't even know how old they are. They're like 20 something, and one of them likes the other one, and the other one doesn't know or something. And like she commented, like, "Not me, 30 something years old, sitting here in bed eating chicken nuggets or something like that." Like, really <laughs> obsessed with this, and it blew <laughs> up. And it's how it is. Like, I'm just get so obsessed with these people that I'm like. Oh, there they are again. <laughs> That's literally been me this last week. Um, I mentioned that song, Damien, that I heard on there. And I've just been like humming it. This like new song on TikTok. It's like a diss, I guess. And then I ended up seeing some other TikToker like explaining that the diss is between like two really popular TikTokers and they're not together anymore. And there's just been all this drama between them. I don't even think they're 21 yet. And I have been so invested in what's happening. And I'm like, this is none of my business. I am way too old for this. I need to go like actually write some words down and stop worrying about who dissed who and why. (laughs) But there I am. But those songs, they are serious earworms. Like, they get in your head, and, and it's it's awful. It is. It the one that I always think of is, number one victory royale, yeah, Fortnite, we about to get down. <laughs> always in my head. <laughs> You're like those TikToks where it's like, it's like they are making fun of millennials walking around their house doing chores, but they keep humming all of these TikTok songs. That is so me. <laughs> and the armadillo one, do you guys remember the armadillo one? No, it was like little armadillos keep digging holes in my backyard. <laughs> I don't remember it exactly, but it was like <laughs> there was even a song um, where it was during um, during COVID, like when everyone was on lockdown, and. Uh, the song would be like really, really chipper and then the song would stop and they would show something like devastating. So it would be like all of these family members together, like hugging and like, you know, like celebrating Christmas and birthdays. And then the song would stop and it would be someone just sitting at home by themselves lonely because they're, you know, they're inside for lockdown. And now whenever I hear that song, like my fight or flight goes off. I'm like, oh no, I'm like, please don't do this to me. I saw so many sad videos. I think the worst one I saw 
And I felt so bad because my kid was sitting next to me. We're scrolling TikTok and it's, I was during the new year uh, when it was um, uh, for 2021 and uh, it's Disneyland and it's like all these people there and they're doing the countdown and there's fireworks going off and then the song stops and then it shows Disneyland closed with like a whole bunch of like caution tape and my kid just starts crying <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. I felt so bad. So I was in Walmart recently and that song came on and I was like, no. I was like, I am actually like triggered in here over this damn TikTok song two years later. Here, here, I, f- I found, I found Armadillas. Oh, no. Armadillas keep digging little holes in my backyard. That's amazing. It's a That's banger. <laughs> I. I do the same thing in Walmart too. Like when you walk in and you hear a song from TikTok and you're just like, all you can picture is like what video you saw. And you're like, ooh. <laughs> That's how I know I need to get off that app. <laughs> Not going to happen though. <laughs> That's how you know you need to stay on that app. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I mean, it seems like too, like on the on the promotion side, like people that are posting like book stuff see a lot of success through TikTok, I'm just too lazy and not creative enough though. To I think I made one. I think I made one book talk because I had a good idea and I was like, I don't want my book stuff on here. I just want to like I don't know. I want to see like people falling down and like people arguing at gas stations. <laughs> I did a few. Like I did like little like like videos for each of my stories and like it helped my sales. I did see it. And then I was like, that's cool. But do you think like I ever did it again? No. <laughs> so Wendy, Wendy it, like really well, like every one of your TikToks about your books, I'm like, wow, that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the being able to add music aspect. I don't know, like it, it makes it very easy for me. And after you play with it long enough and, and, I have, I do have a little bit of time to dedicate towards it, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, some people definitely know how to use it and make it work really well. And I don't know, I figured I'd give it a try at least. Yeah. I I feel like when I use it, I'm like, what am I doing on here? Because it is so hard (laughs) to figure out. I don't know how these people make these really cool videos with like transitions and stuff because I can barely upload a photo. The book flip and it like flips and then it flips back around and it's another book. I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, what is your secret? I need a tutorial. (laughs) It's always like, it's always these really like simple ones that seem to blow up. Like Wendy, you're one about like Western horror blew up and I was like, Whoa. It really did. It really you know what I think it was? I think it's because I mentioned Bone Tomahawk and I think cause that one's like a super controversial film. And so um I, yeah, but that one just I I that was a throwaway one for me. It was just like I happened to be diving into horror westerns because of Koi's book and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to put together a little collage of all of the things that I've enjoyed recently. And just, it was, it's my biggest video to date. <laughs> and so. Yeah, it's insane. Like we were, we had Christopher Robertson yesterday. We recorded his episode and he recently had, um, I'll, I want to say her name right because she helped him immensely. A page casting, witch, I think is her TikTok stuff and Instagram stuff, but she posted one of his books and enjoyed it. And he is like. It has gotten it has gone so well for him, and it's like I'm just so thankful that people like that have that audience, and they're just like, well, actually, let me help these these people that nobody else cares about. Yeah, it's great. There's a lot of support for indie authors over there, and it's really great to see. Maybe I need to make a TikTok today. Yeah, maybe I, we should be more serious about it. <laughs> I, I kept saying, I kept saying that I should either self promo or like take make videos of me throwing bricks at my books. So maybe I'll just go out there and throw some bricks at my books later. All the <laughs> Genuinely, there is no telling what will catch people's eye and what will catch people's interest. So go for it. I'm doing it today. Throwing a brick at my Wait. book. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next question is from uh, Escape Reality for Now or Tolly. Hi, Tolly. Um, it says uh, yesterday on Twitter, Brian was like, Kira's handwriting is immaculate and I can't read it today. So there you go, Brian. Um, who would you choose to play you in a horror movie? Who would I choose to play me in a horror movie? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Let me think. Um, 
Okay, I'm going to say, I need to look up her name. Um, I'm going to say, um, oh, shoot. I would like, like, early 80s Gina Davis to play me in a horror movie. Maybe, maybe, maybe early 80s to late 90s Gina Davis. And I know that's I very- I like that. I really like Gina Davis. Me too. Have y'all ever seen Long Kiss Goodnight? No. It is one of my favorite movies. It's a Christmas movie. Samuel Jackson's in it. And she is a um, teacher in a small town up north, has amnesia, and she hits her head in a car accident and finds out that she used to be like an undercover spy for the government, like a super killer. And um, it's such a fun movie. Anyway, Gina Davis obviously is in that, and it's like my favorite movie of hers ever. So you should check that one out. Definitely the watch at Christmas this year. So Gina Gina Davis as Wendy Dalrymple. I love that. Gothic the movie. I love her in um, A League of Their Own. That is my favorite movie with her. I think that's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, she's just she's such a uh, she's so pretty and just such a good actress. And yes, so I'll give you the most like generic expected of Damien answer for what my favorite Gina Davis movie is, and it's The Fly. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I totally see that. <laughs> That's just expected of me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Creature Kids Books asked... Wait, huh? who, would, who would play you in a movie? We gotta figure this out. Oh, now. me? Oh, God, me? Um... Uh, uh, I really like what's her name um, from New Girl, Zoe Deschanel. Oh, Zoe's good. I Zoe. love her. I think she's so like quirky and weird and fun, and she's who I want to be. So I want her to be me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go with either. Well, this is gonna, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a stretch here. So I'm gonna go with Aubrey Plaza or Kelly Maroney. <laughs> One of them has to dress like me and get the fake beard and like <laughs> be me. I love it. I, love I see. It. I see. I see. Plaza so much being you. Like, I see it perfectly. I, I want to see that movie. Or yes. George Costanza from Seinfeld. Jason Alexander. Is that who that is? It has to be him. If not one of those two, it's him. I see both. <laughs> Or they just trade. Like, it's all three of them, and they just swap roles throughout the movie. Like, sometimes in the same scene. That would be hilarious, actually. That would be great. I think you need to make that happen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have the money to buy Wendy's. <laughs> Not like Wendy's movie, like, literally lunch from Wendy's. Who does <laughs> anymore? Everything's so expensive. There's no more value meal. Nope. Honestly, like, it is so, so expensive out there. Um, I bought I, I I always get a spicy chicken sandwich and and fries and I got large size the other day and was like wow I'm not doing this anymore that like broke the bank out. <laughs> I feel that struggle so much. <laughs> Listen how like how much we're exposing ourselves for being old. All of us were like back in my day the chicken sandwich was so cheap. <laughs> It's true though. Like just going anywhere, doing anything, it's like yikes. Like you have to pay for the gas, you have to pay for parking or buy whatever you're trying to buy. And I'm like, I'm just gonna stay home. Yep. That's what I'm doing. Super to be an introvert. <laughs> yep. Honestly. I went to the mall recently and I was like, this is why I don't come here. It was so it was just so hot. There were so many people. It was so loud. Like as soon as I stepped out of there and back into the parking garage, I was like, like just a huge sigh of relief because like my ears weren't just ringing with people talking. It was such a distraction in there. I'm like the complete opposite. I talk to everybody. Like I just I crave talking to strangers and I'll just like Brie gets so embarrassed and mad at me because I do this thing where I'll see like some person, like let's just say it's a guy walking through Walmart and he's coming up on us and I'm like, Tony? Hey Tony, I haven't seen you in years. Clearly his <laughs> name's not Tony. And then they just stare at me and I just say, oh, whoops, wrong person. You're someone else. And I think it's the most entertaining thing in the world, but it's so dumb. And Brie gets so embarrassed. Like, she's like, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Kevin! <laughs> I can't. You're my worst nightmare in public. 
Like as soon as I see someone starting to like make their way to me, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I've literally run from family members in Target. Like I'm not even exaggerating. I've seen like a family member in the makeup aisle and I've run as far, like fast, like I'm out of there. Do not talk to me. I know we're related and I'll see you on Thanksgiving. That's good enough for me. <laughs> it's terrible. Sorry, family member, if you're listening to this, it's totally you. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Yeah, I, I'm just like, I'm not, it's funny because like, I can talk to people like, like once I warm up, and we become friends, then I'm like, hey, I'll bug you all the time. But until then, I'm just like, oh, my God, like, I am so awkward. I'm so sorry for talking to you. See, <laughs> I gotta I'm kind go. Of, I'm kind of the same, but, like, I feel like I'm too much right at the beginning. Like, I'm always like, I'm over communicating with people and driving them insane. And I'm over here like, stop saying that. <laughs> we wrote a book together and we have a podcast. <laughs> Communication is hard. With <laughs> anxiety. <laughs> All right. So Creature Kid book Creature Kids books asked, if you were a supervillain, what would your name and power be? Oh man, my name and power. Um uh it would be obviously telekinesis for the power. Oh. Um and I then that's so like nonchalant. Obviously. Well, it's I be- mean, it's the best one. <laughs> I mean, come on. And then I don't know, the um the instigator. I guess would be my my evil villain name. I'd just start shit and have telekinesis. <laughs> What's your power? I'm throw bottles at people and pretend that it was somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> I just start shit. Um so my um my 13-year-old like asks that superpower question all the time. Like all the time. And he loves it. He loves asking impossible questions like that. So you're quick. Oh, right. yeah. So I was ready. I was ready with them. I think my power, I don't, I don't know what my name would be, but I know for sure. I, I mean, I don't really know if this is like a villainous power, but I would like to be able to speak every language like right then and there. Like you're trying well, to barter means- or like you're trying to blackmail me in Russian. That's all right. I can speak uh-huh. Russian too. <laughs> you could be like the babble or something. I don't know. The babble. That's a good one. I don't know what my, like, maybe, like, something really cool, like, control water or something. Oh. Like a waterbender. Yeah, like, something really cool. Or, or like, something really lame, like, I can fly, but I'm really afraid of heights, so I'm angry about that being my only superpower. So I take it out on, like, other Fly really low to the ground. Yeah, so I just take it out on other supervillains that fly really fast and then are kneecaps. I just imagine you just like flying like three feet off the ground on the sidewalk in like New York City. I say things like when I take out their knees, I say like, that's just what I needed. (laughs) And then I try to do it to like Wonder Woman and she just kicks me and sends me flying like 15 football fields away. (laughs) Just right into outer space. (laughs) Run into my kneecaps. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I just cannot get this image of you just out of my head, like I said, flying three feet above the ground. <laughs> just fly, just taking out people's, just chop blocking everybody. <laughs> just <laughs> In other news today, the whatever his name is struck again and took out a poor old lady's knees while she was trying to carry her groceries. <laughs> <laughs> a true villain. <laughs> I'm going to write okay. it thousand word novel about it oh my god i i do not even doubt that for a second that'll be coming out next year (laughs) (laughs) okay so cj sempera asks what was the best tv show in the 90s oh the best tv show in the 90s man okay i'm gonna have to i did one of these recently online and i'm gonna have to say um the adventures of pete and pete oh Um, yeah I'm reintroducing my younger sons to that one. I I, I watch it every summer. I'll probably keep watching it every summer, even when I'm old and gray and and don't have kids around me anymore. Um, It's just so wacky. Everything that Nickelodeon put out in the 90s was bizarre Mm -hmm. in the most wonderful way. 
Um, but like Pete and Pete is just like, it's, it's so wholesome, but also weird. And the, um, I don't know, just the, the soundtrack's killer. And, and it just, it's really stuck with me, you know, up to now. My favorite episodes of Pete and Pete were, there's the one where he tries to meet the inspector, the t-shirt inspector. And doesn't he try to get him to eat ribs? Oh, that sounds, oh yeah, it sounds familiar. And then there's like the one where they're stuck on like the hot pavement and they won't walk across it. (laughs) Yeah, just like so many bizarre things. Like Michael Stipe played an ice cream man in one of the first episodes. Yeah, I remember that too. They were looking for Mr. Twisty. Um. My favorite one though is is where Pete is trying to find his favorite song. Like he he heard it once, and it's his favorite song. And the band that plays the theme song is the band that plays the song in this uh, the Polaris in this episode. So good. But like the whole the whole episode is just him chasing this song that's stuck in his head. So he get, makes a band, and he pl- he figures out how to play the song himself, so he can hear it again. Nice. <laughs> I haven't seen I, that in so long. Yeah, it's just like everything she says is unlocking like a memory where I'm like, Whoa. Right. And I had like a terrible crutch on the older Pete. Like, he's <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> crush. And, so, and now I'm looking back and I'm like, Oh my God, he was a baby. <laughs> it's so, so funny how that is. Like I've done the same thing where um, right now my kid got really into Zoe one one and I'm watching it with her and thinking like, I used to think that like, I mean, I was still a little older when that show came out, but like they seemed like not babies. <laughs> and now I watch it and I'm like, these are just children. They're so tiny. <laughs> it's those so sh- weird to see. Those shows in the nineties on Nickelodeon. Like, I think that's why people that are like from the age 30 to 50 right now are just like, so messed up, not really messed up, but we just have such <laughs> bizarre, like we're so bizarre. Like you look at like Rocco's modern life and you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you remember Kablam? Yep. Yeah, that was so. another bizarre one. That was, was that one so weird. Prometheus and Bob. Yeah, yes. Prometheus and Bob. I love that's another really weird one. Like, and I mean, even thinking back to like all that and the Amanda show, and just very strange, <laughs> very strange time. <laughs> it's so, it was so good though. Like all that was great, and like the Nicktoons were spot on back then. Like Arrow Monsters was so good. <gasps> Yeah. I loved Hey Arnold a lot. And yeah. Doug. Oh, yeah. Rocco's oh. Modern Life was one of my favorites of the cartoons. That one had just some really bizarre stuff in it, too. Our yeah, Monsters was Nickelodeon, too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good the one. Big I had all the little, like, figurines. Yeah, oh. I have I have some of the Arrow Monster stuff now because, like, I identify as Crumb. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Oblique. I loved her so much. I had a little doll until like her arms bent and stuff. And yeah, I she little figuring. Had a, um, like a Danny or not Danny, a Tim Burton-esque nightmare before Christmas. Yeah. To her. Yeah. It was so good. What was your best TV show in the nineties, Damien? I, I really have to go with Arrow Monsters. Like I still watch that to this day. I still I like to watch it. They put all that on Netflix too recently. I've been watching it on and off. And as no, as no surprise to anybody, I really liked Are You Afraid of the Dark as well. Like I loved that show. So good. Oh yeah, I've been reintroducing my kids to that one too. The intro to that is actually really terrifying. It is. Oh my gosh, it's creepy. So is um I don't like the I guess this would be no surprise to anyone who knows me by now and knows my fear of golden retrievers. Um, but the intro to Goosebumps, when they show the dog on the front porch and it makes like the barking sound in the background, <laughs> I hate it. I still hate it. I'm like, no. It's the most, it's the friendliest dog that you could find. And you're like, no, I'm afraid. Is it though? You don't Maybe know that. that. It probably, when the, when the camera turned away, it probably got on its hind legs and walked off the porch. You have no idea. <laughs> it was just a complete diva on set. Like, where's my trailer? <laughs> He's smoking a cigar. Oh, no. <laughs> Wearing a red velvet robe. <laughs> okay. I think um, a show that I really love from the 90s, and it's not a cartoon or Nickelodeon or anything, and it seems like not a lot of people either watched it or remember it, but um, Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction? Oh, no. Um, what is his name? Is it Jonathan Frakes, the guy from Star Trek? 
Is that his name? Um, I don't know. He's from Star Trek, right? I don't. I've never, I have never once watched Star Trek in my life. Neither have I. I just know that that's what he's from. Yeah, Jonathan Frakes. Um, I think he was in Star Trek. Yeah, he was. Um, the show was basically they do. It's either four or five stories, a uh, short stories. Um, uh, and each one obviously is scary. And then at the end, he tells you which are fact or which are fiction. Oh, I do remember that. Do you remember that? It used to, it had two hosts. Um, they, they switched from the original host to Jonathan Frakes. Like I think during the second season, I think it only had like three or four seasons. Um, but as a child terrified me. And of course the stories that scared me the most ended up being true. And I recently watched it on prime and it still scared me. And it has one of the scariest intros I've ever seen. Like it's so creepy. So if you have prime, like definitely take the time to watch it because just all of the short stories are so good anyways, even if they are um, fiction. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. It's very creepy. I love it. Um, it's one too. Like I don't like to watch by myself because just hearing the intro, I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, writing with Cass asked favorite lollipop flavor. Um, oh geez. I guess classic cherry. Can't go wrong. That's such a loaded question. I'm also not a big lollipop consumer, but I wouldn't turn down a cherry one. That's like, is anybody really a big lollipop connoisseur? Like, I'll have a dum dum if I go to the bank or like. You know, I just... Okay, wait a minute. I'm gonna rescind my my answer because you just gave me like a major memory. Like root beer. Root beer is my favorite flavor of lollipop. I was just dumb. thinking that. And I remember when we would go through the bank when we were kids, we'd always get one in the, you know, the pneumatic tube if the, you know, the teller saw that we were in the car with my mom. Yeah. So I rescind my answer. Root beer is the correct answer. Yeah. I like beer. the cream soda ones a lot, too. I always make Brie ask the teller when mm-hmm. we can drive through to send a couple dum-dums out. <laughs> um, something that's lost, isn't it? Because I think most of us do online banking anymore. Yeah. And yeah. like... I, I go into the bank so like rarely uh, and I, I took my, my 16 year old recently to go get him set up with a, his own debit account. And the, and my littlest one was like, just so amazed. And of course, got all, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he got a lollipop while he was there. But yeah, yeah that's something that's, I think the last time I went there, like we get like a check, like you get a check in the mail or something. And that's so rare. Like you're like, oh, well now I got to go to the bank. But even that you can do that online now, like with the picture. Yeah, I think the last time I, the only reason I went in was because the ATM outside wasn't working. So I had to go inside. And that was it. It was just ATM and out. <laughs> um, I also like cotton candy, like lollipops as well. That's such a bizarre flavor. It is. And like, I don't know, like if you've ever like, when you go to the grocery store and like you're in a checkout line, they have like that like long I don't know, it just, like, hangs off the end, and it has, like, all of the lollipops inside, like, uh, hanging off the side of it. Yeah. Yeah, like, sometimes, like, in there, there'll be, like, a cotton candy one. Those ones are so good. But, like, after, like, ten minutes, you're like, okay, this is enough, and you still have, like, this whole lollipop (laughs) left. (laughs) Well, that's why the dum-dums are so good, because they're just, like, little small ones. Yeah. I don't Um, even... I don't with the dum dum. I don't even mess with leaving it on the stick because I have a weird phobia about food on a stick. Like if I eat a corn dog, I have to kind of pull it off the stick and like popsicles. I just can't eat. So I just like crunch through the dum dum and then let it melt. Like it's hard candy. (laughs) (laughs) Are you afraid you're going to like choke on the stick? No, I don't like the texture of it. Ah, okay. Like, I'm the like, opposite. Like, I'll chew on the stick after. Like, I'm like when it gets, <laughs> see, that's, that's, I like that. Like when it gets like a little wet, I don't like it. Like the new, like this, the new paper straw thing. Like, I'm, I'm putting myself through it because I know it's way better for the environment, and I want to help be like better. But every time I touch it to my lips, I just like I'm like, oh gosh, I can't, I can't, I mm-hmm. can't, and it like sends me spiraling. So I'm, that's why so, I don't even get a straw anymore. Like no. So I've just been buying the reusable ones. They're plastic. Yeah, because uh, um, I used to like to get the silicone straws that you could buy from the store, and they came in like a little metal container, and you could like keep it in your bag. But 
like I was notorious for leaving them at the restaurant and I would say it every time like watch I'm gonna take this straw and I'm gonna forget it and sure enough I forget it I replaced it so many times I just gave up now I just don't even ask for a straw I'm like no it's fine (laughs) I'll just drink it like this That's a good solution, actually, just to not even use a straw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, I have metal straws here at home. Obviously, you can hear sometimes. But I have to be careful with those because there are times where I'm just, like, walking around not paying attention. And I'll smack my two front teeth or I'll go up between my lip and my teeth and, like, stab that area. And I'm like, I'm going to end up super injured one day by these damn metal straws. So be careful, y'all. <laughs> Public service announcement. <laughs> Don't be like me. <laughs> Okay. Amanda McGeehy asks, if you were a horror movie, what movie would represent you? Oh, I was giving this one some thought. <laughs> good ambiance. I have no idea what that was. Anyway, horror movie. <laughs> Moving on. Amanda McGee asked, if you were a horror movie, what movie would represent you? Okay. I don't know. That is like such a loaded question. And I really was like thinking about it. But I'm going to go with Scream, the original, 1996. Not necessarily because that represents who I am as a person on the whole. But I think that is like very indicative of my taste in horror and like like the roots of of what I hope to do as a horror person in the horror community. I love that answer. Me too. I um I fought, I saw that in the theater when I was 14 and my brother came with me. He was 11 and my mom I I begged her. I used my babysitting money. I begged her to take me and so she went, she got us the tickets. She let us go in to see it. And then the people that worked at the ticket booth were policing and they said that we couldn't go in by ourselves. So my mom was super cool and she got a ticket and she came in and saw it with us. Nice. Um, like, yeah. Like they've always been, my parents have always been so super supportive of all of my, my, my uh, artistic endeavors and, and interests, whether they like it or not. Um, she, she didn't suffer too much through it. She was happy because Henry Winkler was in the movie. And she, so she was fine. But um, yeah, I, I was so desperate to see that movie in the theaters back in the day. And it really, I think it, it reignited my, my passion for horror back then. I like that. I was such a snob, like a little snobby horror fan when I was a little kid. When Scream came out, when was that? Like the late 90s? I think it was like 96. Yeah, like, when I was, like, eight or nine, I didn't watch any, like, that's when I started getting, like, I've always told this story, I've told this story on the podcast about how I've watched, I started watching horror movies way too young, like, three or four, and I was just allowed to do whatever, and my mother used to just leave me sometimes at the movie theater and pay the teenager or whoever was working just to kind of, like, guide me into the next theater to watch whatever movie I chose, but I, like, went through this phase where I just didn't, like, I didn't like slashers. Like I never had like slashers from like the time I was like a little kid until a fully grown adult. Like I just did not like slashers at all. Like I just wanted to watch monsters. I didn't really want any ghosts or anything like that. So I've like kind of been revisiting a lot of them over the past like 10 years or so since I've kind of gotten back into them. Like, I don't remember what the first movie I saw was. It was a slasher, but I was like, you know, that was really kind of fun. Like I hadn't seen Friday the 13th until later in life. Because I just didn't care. I was just like, oh, okay, it's just this guy walking around killing people. I don't care. But later in life, I was like, I really need to revisit those. And I've really, like, we've started, we watched the Scream movies. I seen it for the first time, like, five years ago. And I was like, wow, this is just, this is great. Like, I love it. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it was, it was very, like, the the music, it was like Adelia's catalog had come to life on screen. Like, it was, it was very, it, it was just, like, my entire teenage experience in a horror movie on screen, and, and I was, I was enthralled. So good. How do you feel about the new one? I did not love the new one. We actually, really? I, I, that was one of the first movies I saw in the theater post-COVID, and I did not like it. Um, but I also recognize that I don't think that it was made for me. I think it was made for teenagers and people in their twenties now. And I think like, that's fine. 
like just because I didn't like it doesn't mean it's a bad movie. But I'm also I I hold originals so close to my heart too, and most and for most free, uh, you know movies. And yeah. So you know I didn't love it, but it, it wasn't terrible. I get that. I totally get that. I really. I really enjoyed it. And I think because I kind of went in knowing that, like I kind of went in like, this isn't made for like 34 year old Damien. This is made for like people who are 20 now getting into horror. And that's yeah, kind of gone into a lot of like, like black Christmas. People didn't like black, the last black Christmas movie, but I went into it expecting it not really to be made for someone like me. And I watched it and was like, wow, that was great. Like I liked it and had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I love that movie. I forget that that movie is a movie. The last Black Christmas? Uh, yeah. Like, it was so good. And people were so mad about it. And I was like, what? Why? It's good. It's fun. It's great. And it has, like, a, it has really good symbolism that isn't too deep that, like, you're like, oh, I feel depressed watching this. And it's about Christmas. Yeah. So, you can't go wrong there. What's not the like? Um, right, exactly. I love Christmas. Um, let's see. Koi Hall asked what's a board game at which you could beat damien and kira Ugh, that's almost an unfair question because i have not challenged either of you to any games in real life but i will say i'm pretty confident with my scrabble skills only because i was one of those insufferable little kids that liked to use big words as often as i possibly could to show how smart i was <laughs> and I've been playing Scrabble for probably for over 30 years. Um, I love Scrabble. Nobody will ever play Scrabble with me. But <laughs> you would absolutely beat me at Scrabble because I've never played it. So <laughs> I would lose. <laughs> I'd spend the whole time like, can I make this a word? And then you already know what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's. I, I feel like I would just be so confused. Like I would, it's like word scrambles. I don't do good at them. Same. Now I never played Wordle on Twitter. I never got into that. But um, but yeah, I do. I love word games. You would probably be really good at Wordle if you're into Scrabble. Like I've never, I didn't like Wordle when I tried to play it. Yeah, I didn't even try it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I same thing. I looked at it and saw like the concept, and I was like, I will absolutely bomb on this every single time. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to put myself through it. <laughs> I played the one. It's called Movie Doll. Have you seen uh -huh. that? It's yeah. like it plays a movie, a, like a full movie in one second. Oh. And, you and have, then you have to figure it out. Yeah. And some of them are surprisingly easy. Like one of them was Home Alone. And it, it like as soon as I hit play, I was like, Home Alone. Well, I think there's some movies that like you, you just know front to back, right? Like, how could you not know? Oh yeah, totally. And you just see it and you're like, or even ones that I've never seen, like Rush Hour was one of them. And I've never seen Rush Hour in my life, but I got it like after the second guess where it gives you two seconds. I was like, oh, that's Rush Hour. And I have no idea why I knew that. So it's the entire movie condensed into one second? Yeah, like one or two. And each guess, each guess you get wrong, you get an extra second added onto it and it's a little bit longer. Oh, okay. So you have like more of a chance to try to get it the next time. Yeah. I have a theory that your brain is working faster than you think it is. And like, it might see the title card or like recognize the color scheme from like a picture you've seen of it and mm -hmm. be like, Oh, this is this. Oh yeah. Maybe that's true. I can see that. It's like, you know, like it's sometimes like I'll know like random information, like, uh, like, Recently, I was in a Barnes and Noble with my um, brother and his fiance, and she pointed out a book, and she was like, "I love those pages," and I was like, "Oh, deckled pages!" And don't even ask me how I knew that. I don't know where that came from deep inside my mind somewhere, but I knew they were called deckled pages, but could not tell you how I knew that. And I was like, "Okay, we'll go with it." <laughs> oh, I, and the thing, like, that's so weird. I don't like deckled pages at all, but it's like the same thing. Like, I have no idea why I know that's what it is. <laughs> right i was like i don't know where i picked up that bit of information from but <laughs> now you know <laughs> um all right i will go with my question now so what era would you choose to live in what era would i choose to live in oh boy if i could do it all over again i mean our the era we're in right now is supposed to be better but it's looking pretty bleak anyway right mm -hmm. <laughs> um 
I feel like I was supposed to, I, I, I sometimes I feel like I was supposed to be born a decade before my time. And I really wish I could have been a teenager in the eighties and been in my early twenties in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of concerts I would have wanted to go to that I was too young to go to. So I feel like the correct answer is a decade before I was born, <laughs> which is not a fun or interesting answer. But I think about, like, I used to say, oh, I'd want to go back to medieval times because it seems so romantic, right? But it really wasn't because I do like to be able to use the bathroom comfortably and not worry about, you know, being assaulted or have lice or other gross stuff like that. Yeah. That's yeah. like what I told Coy when I asked him the same question. I told him I'd like to go back to the Victorian era, but like not die of a paper cut because, you know, there's no penicillin. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like all the, I love all the romantic stuff, like as for to cosplay, but like an actual real living it. I don't know. Like I could go back to the time before the internet, but while we still had air conditioning and antibiotics and I think I'd be fine. Yeah. And women's rights. Yes. See, so that's, that's important. Where- that's where yeah. it starts getting tricky. You start going back too far and you're like, oh, yeah. no, I'm not allowed to so do I don't, feel, I don't feel too comfortable with anything more than a decade before when I was born. Yeah, I agree. It's funny because I'm watching Stranger Things right now with my kid and like I am just loving like just the feel of it all. Like I'm obsessed with when they're in their houses because I'm like, it just seems so comfortable and homey. Mm-hmm. And it reminds mm-hmm. me of the like the, the my childhood home that I grew up in, which was just, you know, it was the 90s. So it was kind of that same vibe where it's just so cozy and the furniture was comfortable and not everything was sleek and shiny and gray and you know, like it had life. If you're lucky enough, I had grandparents who had a house that was like a time capsule for so long. And like, they didn't, they didn't buy anything new. It was like the same weird tapestry couch that they'd had for 30 years. I love that. Like, you know, you go to visit them and we would feel like you're in a time capsule. Mm Mm-hmm. It just seems like it really makes me miss like the, I guess, I guess for me, it just feels comfortable, you know, like it just feels so nice. Like there are things I like currently, but everything, like I said, just feels so cold sometimes and oh, just yeah. so boring. <laughs> everything now reality, is like, we, we all want a comfortable house, right? Yeah. yeah. Everything now was so like, because everything is so technological focused. That wasn't a word, was it? I don't know. Words are hard. It's like everything it. is custom made to be like get you to most the most out of what you have in a way. So is everything so streamlined and there is they don't take it seems like a lot of things aren't manufactured like they were before to have character. Yeah. I agree. And that's and really sad. It sucks. I'm like, I want a really awful looking coffee table from the eighties, please. <laughs> <laughs> like you look at like the houses from the eighties when they had like those like little flowers on the ceiling, yeah. they, put, like, screws in, they put screws in and they're like, Oh, that screw looks hideous. Let's put a flower, a little plastic flower around it. <laughs> it's so cool. I love that. <laughs> but now everybody's just like, yeah, the screws there, whatever. We'll just paint over it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like I love when, um, like I like to walk around neighborhoods and look at like all of the old, like Victorian homes. They just have so much character to them and, I can only imagine what the insides must look like. I want to knock on their door and be like, let me in. <laughs> let me see it. <laughs> well, that's what Zillow's good for, at least. Yes. Yes. That's my favorite pastime. <laughs> it makes me so happy and so sad at the same time because I'm like, oh, I wish. <laughs> right. I think I think if I had to give an answer to this question, it would be this it would be exactly the same as Wendy's. Like maybe a decade or 15 years before I was born. I think I would go 15 because that would put me in 1972. And that then would I would at least be can, eight in the 80s. We can go back to 72 together because that would be a decade before me. Okay, cool. Because then it would, because then at least I'd be old enough to like, maybe earlier even. Because I want to, because like I'm really big into the 80s punk scene and some of the late 70s stuff. And I would love to go see like the Dead Kennedys live, go oh see the X live, go see the Crayon oh. live, all that stuff. I was in Walmart not too long ago and I was wearing my David Bowie shirt and the cashier behind the cashier that I was at gasped and it's like, I love your shirt. I saw David Bowie five times in concert. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, like, so me and this cashier at Walmart were just having like a five minute love fest over David Bowie. And I'm way jelly that she got to see him. And I didn't. I had a moment like that when I actually worked at Walmart, there was an older guy that came in. He was probably 
I would say 60s. And he just had like the gray hair, you know, classic old guy. But he was wearing he was wearing shorts and he had a Joy Division tattoo. What? Yeah. And I was just like, is that a it's it was like the iconic, you know, like the iconic T-shirt you see everywhere. I was like, is that a Joy Division tattoo? And he was like, oh, yeah, I love Joy Division. And it's so like weird because you're like people from then do age still like they they did get older. Like they do now look like a West Virginia farmer guy <laughs> like that did happen. But he was telling me about like he played he used to play shows in New York and he was like, yeah, I played at CBGB's a couple times. We opened for like, you know, like some of the bands that played there like Blondie. And I was like, oh, I'm so, so jealous cool. of you. That's so cool. Like, it's funny, like you see average people and you'd like never know like the life they've lived. Um, when I lived in L.A., uh, Maddie's teacher at the time, just a sweet older lady, like you know, kind as could be. And then one day she just like drops this bomb and she's like, Oh yeah, my son's in puddle of mud. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're what like, do I do with that information? Oh, I, I was like, seriously? She's like, he's just got back from tour. I was like, what? You're like, ew, please, please don't introduce me. <laughs> I was like, that's so random. She was like, yeah, they were all here last night. I made dinner. And I was just like, like, we're like on a zoom, like a zoom meeting. Like, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, I've known you for months now. <laughs> like, I shook your hand. I had no idea. That's such a random thing. <laughs> we li- The area I live in is like, there's all these little moments like that. Like, we have people like that guy I was talking about move here specifically because there's this music place out here called Fur Peace Ranch. Mm-hmm. And it's like real low key, like just kind of like rock older rock and roll blues and jazz and it's it's one of the guys who was in jefferson airplane he like lives out in the country and just like runs this little like music camp and people move here for it and it's like that's so random that that's here of all places yeah but i guess it makes sense though you know away from everything else secluded quiet yeah it's just there's so many weird, so much like, like I was telling you yesterday about Skatopia out here. It's like, there's just some like stuff that it's just like, you were like, why is that popular in this area? Why did that, why is that happening? Like people are traveling here for that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's weird. Um, what's your question? Huh? What's your question? I don't know. I said, huh, to stall because I kind of already asked it when I had her talk about skunk ape. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said I said, huh, to try and stall and come up with a new question and there's no new question. So I don't I don't know what my question is. I swear I'm gonna start sending you questions every day we record. <laughs> what was my question yesterday you. about Trish Paytas? What about Trish Paytas, Wendy? How do you feel about that? I don't know who that is. You're all the better for it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Don't even bother. She's insane. <laughs> oh my god, the pizza video. Did I send you that? I didn't send you the pizza video. No, you didn't send it to me. I also need to send it to Kit and now Wendy just so everybody's on the same page about this pizza video. <laughs> um yeah, I'm all out of questions now. Yeah, I don't have any questions either. It and I feel I feel bad because I I was so ill prepared for this earlier in the week and now I'm really ill prepared for it. It's totally fine. I still had fun talking to you guys. We did too. Yeah. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. And I really do. I know we're not supposed to talk about books, but I don't care. I really do love your new cover. Thank you. That's the cover I, I originally envisioned for that book, but I was not able to pay for a, professional cover at the time and mm-hmm. so now it's almost a year since that book's been out so i figured it's time to give it a, a refresh and so i'm really happy to i think monday i'm gonna i'm gonna publish it if i get my proofs back from the paperback and it looks good i love it i saw like the artist shared originally before i knew that it was gonna be uh for your book and i was already like oh my god i love that like whoever gets that that's awesome <laughs> and then i saw your book and i was like okay hold on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, wait <laughs> It was kind of perfect because um because uh Gemma likes to paint birds and I'd been I've I actually have a few of her covers already on ebook from other books like the slasher and um one of Cena uh, Paleo's books and so I I it's, it's really nice to kind of be part of that collection. Yeah, that cover's so that. pretty. Like I looked at it and was just like, wow, that's really good. Like Gemma always does really good stuff. I never know if it's Gemma or Gamma. I'm sorry. 
I think that's what I'm, I'm not sure, honestly. If for some reason she's listening and offended, I'm very sorry, but come on our podcast and give us the boost and like make fun of us for pronouncing your name wrong and talk about Bigfoot. That'd be cool. <laughs> like her art is always so good. And then that was like the perfect combination of colors and everything for her style that I was just like, wow, that's just breathtaking. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm excited to get to get some, some new copies. Oh, for sure. I I've I had the change. We're not supposed to talk about books, and we keep saying we're not supposed to, but who cares at this point? <clears throat> There's my gimmick of clearing my throat. Um, my first book, I got on Fiverr and just got, like, the, like, it's not a bad cover. I like it. It looks like it's from the 80s, but, like, it just didn't fit for my first book, Aphid. And not, like, the cover that I tried to make myself still doesn't fit. So there's, like, part of me that's, like, do I want to just, like, and my early books are really badly edited. So there's part of me that's kind of, like, I really need to just take the time, edit them better with what I know now, get good covers for all the old stuff. Maybe even do like like a compendium of like updated versions or something, but then I always get too lazy. Which is why everybody laughs at self-published authors because of that statement I literally just made. I know it could get better, but I'm just too lazy. I get it. I think that sometimes too, like with the Midnightmare Collection, I would like to go back and like really like revamp the stories. Like you know, stretch them out more and, you know, just make it better. But then I'm like, at the same time, I could work on something else, you know, like put something new out there. So one also, day I, I will go back to it. I think changing or chasing that idea of perfection stops people from publishing too. Yeah. Like you can yeah. always go back and fix when you, when you self-publish, you have the control, you can always go back and fix it. So people have been reading my story all this time while I, you know, worked to be able to afford to get a new cover and now I can get a new cover and maybe it'll attract even more people to read it. So I love you know, that's it's, also um, kind of like, I also kind of have this mindset with that where I kind of just want to leave it because I like the idea of somebody getting like my new, like a newer book and being like, wow, this is, decently edited and put together well and then they go back and see like oh this is how he started i could do that too like i like the idea of anybody finding like something and going back and being and getting kind of encouraged by it like oh yeah like i just like that idea like in my short story collection i wrote this big forward about the cramps my favorite band how they put out this they put out this collection of like their very first recordings and it is so bad but they did it because they just wanted to be like anybody can start a band like you can literally just do it and I kind of love that idea of like, if you have a story, you can tell it. And like, sure, you may not know like the ins and outs of punctuations or how to use a comma or like, like my first few books, it may be run on sentence city, but people will still read it and connect with it to some level. Yeah. Yeah. I think that te- things being technically correct isn't as important as the heart behind the story and the story itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Like, I fully agree with that. Like, I've always said this, I'm not writing for, like, my writing isn't for, like, the New York Times bestseller list or, like, a critic to, like, read it and be like, this is such a life-changing book, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't write those kind of books. I like those kind of books. I like powerful books. But my writing is more for, like, the person who's sitting at home and had a really shitty day and they just want to laugh and read something ridiculous. Like, that's my target audience. I'm not trying to win awards. I'm just trying to, like, make people enjoy, like, an hour and a half of their day. I love that. All right. Um, I think, I think we're done. Yeah. Do you want to, Wendy, do you want to do some, we've already talked about books, but this is like our designated time to let you like go hog wild and talk about all your stuff. Just talk about all of it. Well, if you like horror stories, you can check out my book, white Ibis, which has a new cover coming out soon. Um, and I also have, they come from the water, which is currently only available in paperback, but it will be available in ebook and audiobook soon exclusively at scribd.com. Um, and then I also have Roser Park, which is coming out October 1st, and that will be available in ebook and paperback. Um, and I just finished another horror novella called, um, Don't Read This or You Might Die. And that one's going to be another scribd um, exclusive in ebook and audiobook, but I'll also have that in paperback. Um, yeah, so I've got a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline. And if you like romance, also I have a um, Halloween romance that'll be coming out in late September, and it's called My Halloween Romance, and it's super silly and cute and sweet. 
Um, and I have uh, other romances as well, but that's not for your audience, I don't think. Um, so, yeah. I Listen, have a lot I am of going to, I have never once read romance, but I am going to read at least three of your romance books because the titles are just so quirky and cute. Mm-hmm. I have two saved that I actually want to read because I don't mind a romance every now and then. So I thought they would be fun to start with. Like they're just so. It's a really good palette cleanser for me to do in between. Like I, I'm at the point now where I'm writing one romance and then I'm writing a horror, and it really kind of helps me stay balanced. And it's, that's such it's a good idea. That's such a good idea. Like I write. Oh, I shouldn't say that because it's my brother. Never mind. My brother writes little kids horror cryptid books, and that's probably that'd probably be a nice palate cleanser for me if I was actually my brother. Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. I definitely like. I always, I, I keep saying it, like, I Love You S'more is, like, my favorite title of all time, and I'm going to read that. Like, well, I thank am... you. What did you say? I just said thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, you're welcome. I absolutely have to read it. Like, it just looks like, it just looks like I'm going to read it and at the end be like, oh, I just feel really good now. <laughs> um, and where can we find you at, Wendy? Um, I am everywhere most of my stuff is available wide um amazon barnes noble google play apple ibooks um kobo and also on scrib.com if you have a subscription to them you can get a lot of my stuff for free not a lot of my horror but my romance is there perfect all right and you can find me on amazon the midnightmare collection uh i have tasteless on there i also have two short stories from the midnightmare collection you can check out uh, ahead of time if you're not ready to dive in to the full collection um i believe it's my sister april and christopoli night um i am on instagram at midnight books underscore and coffee and i am on my new twitter at uh Kira renee writes and also on tiktok and my links are in my bios to everything i did the long eye again and i'm on Twitter at DC Ugly Books, Damian Thulu on Instagram. I have some books out on Amazon, but if if you're if you want to read one of my books instead of reading like you know something better like Wendy or Kira or Sarah Jane Huntington, which I'd recommend you read way before you read any of my stuff, oh, I would recommend reading like Coffin Dodgers, my favorite thing I've put out. I guess mm-hmm. it's a goodie. All right, and I reckon that's it. Bye. That's it. Bye.